0: Back in the 1990s, Dianne Feinstein was a trailblazer. I listened to some in, with some interest to George's anecdote about assuming that all senators are um, men uh, prior to the time you meet them. And from that perspective, in the United States Senate, as you know, there are currently two women. There are many of us that say that two are not enough. In 1992, the former San Francisco mayor ran for Senate and won, becoming California's first female Senator. She was also the first woman to run San Francisco's board of supervisors, the first woman to become mayor of San Francisco, the first woman to sit on the Senate judiciary committee. Basically Feinstein has smashed a lot of glass ceilings. And if you came up in the eighties or nineties, you might know that, but for Gen Z, Feinstein represents something different.
1: The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all you know for the people. You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know. In
0: 2019, a viral video showed a group of young climate activists confronting Feinstein outside her office. So,
1: you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're
0: saying, but we're the people who voted you.
1: You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. How old are you? I'm 16. I can't vote for me. Well, she's 24.
0: For some young people, the exchange just confirmed what they already suspected she was out of touch. The establishment,
1: old. Gen Z probably knows her as someone who is very old and they don't hear from a lot.
0: That's writer Joe Garofoli. He's covered California politics for decades.
1: My uh, youngest daughter, I took her to see Feinstein on her last campaign where she she did the rare campaign stop for her in San Francisco, and she was booed.
0: In recent years, many Democrats have been pushing the 89-year-old Feinstein to retire. Now those calls are reaching a fever pitch. In February, a case of shingles forced Feinstein to step back from her Senate duties. Nearly two months later, she still hasn't returned. And some of her colleagues are tired of waiting. More calls today for Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign, but also more.
1: The Senate returns to Washington next week, still without its oldest member, California Senator Dianne Feinstein. And calls are growing louder for her to step down for good. Now, Earlier: Breaking news, maybe,
0: this concerns uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein. in a statement she says she is asking to be temporarily replaced in the Senate Judiciary Committee. That request wound up going nowhere. Late Tuesday, Senate Republicans block the effort to temporarily replace Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee. That means Democrats are back to square one. Today on the show, the U.S. Senate is older than ever, and Feinstein is its oldest member. But should you age out of politics? And if so, who decides when that happens? Anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, "normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/credit card. Diane Feinstein was elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1969. That means she's held some kind of political office for 54 years. Joe Garofoli of the San Francisco Chronicle says, a lot has changed since the 70s, but those early years have left an indelible mark on the Senator.
1: Even in liberal San Francisco, when uh, she was uh, on, on the Board of Supervisors in the early 70s, she went out to lunch or tried to go out to lunch to a, it was a private club here. And she was told, I'm sorry, you can't eat here because it's Men's Day, and so Feinstein's like, uh, okay, well we can uh, call the cops, and you can have me escorted out, or I can eat lunch here. And she was invariably described—I hate to say—in my own home publication, the Chronicle, in those days, as a raven-haired beauty. I mean, that's this is the era that she grew <laughs> up in, and I, I had—I talked to her about this, and she's like, well, you know, that's just the way it goes. In those days, that's the way it was. She's fighting that sort of sexism from her early days. And of course, she uh, was um, elected twice to the, or elected to the Board of Supervisors, tried to run for mayor twice here in San Francisco. She lost both times, and she was ready to quit politics. And that's the day of the uh, famous assassinations here in San Francisco, where one member of the Board of Supervisors killed the mayor, A member of the Board of Supervisors, uh, Dan White, was kicked off. And he wanted to get his old job back. The mayor said no. He shot the mayor, George Moscone, and they shot Harvey Milk, the uh, pioneering gay rights icon, who was one of the first LGBTQ people to hold public office in that level.
0: Both Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk have been shot and killed.
1: She was appointed mayor. The guy she replaced, Moscone, was a very progressive guy, and uh, she stepped into this. She was not necessarily friendly with the gay community in San Francisco at that point. Even then, she was a centrist figure.
0: Could you go a little bit more into those big moves that put her on the political map and when and why she eventually decided to run for the Senate?
1: Well, uh, she was a very effective mayor of San Francisco at a tumultuous time. This is the time where uh, not only you had the assassination of the the previous mayor, as as we mentioned, But this is uh, Jonestown, the uh, mass suicide in in Guyana. Many of those folks were from San Francisco. You had the uh, burgeoning LGBTQ movement and gay rights. It was a crazy time in San Francisco. And she is a uh, methodical politician. She would famously bring in a lot of binders of of material, which she knew meticulously. So she was she kind of national profile. She tried to run for governor. Two years later, she ran for Senate in the year of the woman. She and Barbara Boxer won the first women to represent the Senate, and she got right to work.
0: Yes, yeah, so it wasn't just that she brought calm to San Francisco, that she was really at that point where women were demanding more representation nationally. So that's quite a legacy. Yet grumblings about her age and health have been growing over the last five or six years. Just how has she reacted to this messaging in the past?
1: Well, a year ago, uh, my former colleague, Tal Copan, and I wrote a story in the Chronicle, in which we we kind of put a lot of these whispers that, that have been heard in Washington for a long time on on paper. And we had four senators, including three Democrats, three former uh, Feinstein staffers, talking about how her memory was rapidly deteriorating. She was speaking at a memorial service here in, in uh, San Francisco for someone she knew for many years. And she got up to speak and she did not mention the deceased's name. And then she sat down, there were some murmurs in the crowd, and people were like, oh my God, I think she's losing it. We rarely hear from her. And that's where we are now.
0: Well, she's 89. She's promised to retire at the end of her term, but that's nearly two years away. Why doesn't she want to resign?
1: She is she's an institutionalist. She believes in the Senate, and, and she's, a, she's a rule follower. She does not want to step down. Now, what, what it would be interesting to see is being an institutionalist, right now, she is hurting Democrats because of her absence. Without her on the Judiciary Committee, it's a 10-10 deadlock tie. One of the only things President Biden can do now and in a deadlock government in Washington is to get his judges appointed. But she can't do that right now because of all the votes she's missed. She's missed 60 of 82 votes since she's been ill. She's stalling the pace of the Senate, and in particular, her party
0: and her friend, Joe Biden. Well, this Senate is the oldest in recent memory. According to the Congressional Research Service, the average age of senators at the beginning of this year was 64. 64. And Ooh. in 19, yeah, 64. 1959, 10 percent of Congress was over 70. And today that number is nearly 25 percent, like a quarter of the Senate. How much of the frustration do you think Joe is directed at Feinstein and how much of it you think is more about general frustration with the aging political establishment?
1: There's definitely some uh, focus on Feinstein, but she, she definitely is standing in for that frustration from Gen X on down pretty much, you know, Jackie Speer, who was a longtime member of Congress, uh, here from here in the Bay area, she retired last year, I believe. And, um, we said, well, you know, what would you like to see in Washington? Like to see? And she goes, well, I'd like to see a uh, not a term limit ban, an age limit. And so I was like, all right. So what what age would you like to see? And she said, seventy five. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> so quickly went through the uh, that would wipe out about uh, about a half dozen uh, members of Congress from California at least, including our Speaker Emerita uh, Pelosi. Who you know, I, I don't know anybody with that much energy, but she would she would get the boot. It's it's it is definitely a conversation even among members of Congress. And you can see this in you know, anytime there's any sort of technological conversation and in, in Washington, you can just see eyes glaze over. Plus, let's let's be real, the demographics of Congress to age, but also race and gender do not reflect America. And uh and, and that's that's perhaps an even larger concern.
0: After the break. Should politicians age out of office? And is there any political will to impose an age limit? A growing chorus of Democrats are calling on Feinstein to resign. That number includes California Representatives Katie Porter and Ro Khanna.
1: And I guess my question is, why not just... uh take the step and resign uh, instead of going through all of these motions.
0: But they're not the only Californians weighing in. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi recently told a scrum of reporters that the whole thing smacked of sexism. I, I, I just, it's, it's interesting to me. I don't know what political agendas are at work that are going after Senator Feinstein in that way. I've never seen them go after a man who was sick in the Senate in that way. Politics writer Joe Garofoli says she may have a point.
1: I, I wrote about this the other day, and I think there's definitely a point there. Pelosi came up in the generally the same era as Feinstein. So she she has fought through the sexism, the very blatant sexism that Feinstein did. That said, I think what's coming out now is just sort of the political expediency and urgency that Democrats feel here. They are concerned that the one thing they can do to show that they are governing, to get their voters pumped up for a what's going to be, again, a very intense uh, election year next year, is to appoint judges. And they can't do that right now because Dianne Feinstein is missing from work. That's, I think, why this has become a, a very pointed topic now. Not so much because it's a sexist thing, but because this is a, a, a partisan political thing.
0: Speaking of congressional age limits, right now, there are minimum age requirements, 25 for the House and 30 for the Senate, but there are actually no maximum age limits, despite the fact that polling suggests it's really a popular idea with both parties and people in both parties. You you talked about Jackie Speier. What, if anything, have Feinstein and other older congressional members said about the idea of imposing an age limit?
1: I, I don't I can't recall anything that she has said about it. I think think that's the that's gonna be the biggest challenge of getting something like that uh passed because um just like term limits, I mean the people voting on it would be the people who would be affected by it. It's like you're like, oh let me let me vote to put myself out of work. I wish there were sort of a, a national push to do that. And who knows, maybe this will lead to it. We see more and more of this. And not just for members of Congress, but the judiciary, the Supreme Court. I mean, I think it's it seems sort of goofy that we, you know, we let people serve until they literally drop on the court. That doesn't seem like, you know, the, the best and the brightest are, are there uh, at that point. But I don't see a, a national push for this at this point, or uh, certainly one in California. We do everything first here. And I haven't heard much of that.
0: Well, let's go to that. In recent years, charges of cognitive decline have hounded older politicians from former President Donald Trump to current President Joe Biden. Setting aside the question of the accuracy of these charges, how big of a deal do you think it is as a politician when you're hounded by that kind of negative messaging?
1: Oh, it's it's going to be, uh, Mary, if, if we're having this, I, I would love to have this conversation with you a, a year from now when we're in the middle of primary season in the middle of debate season, and we're, we could be facing the possibility of, uh, what's Joe Biden now, 81-year-old Joe Biden versus 77-year-old Donald Trump again? I mean, talk about turning off young voters. Um, let's, which, which one of the two old white guys are we going to vote for? If this is a rematch again, I think it's going to become a, a major talking point, and, and a lot of younger voters are going to be very frustrated about it. And they're going to be like, what, why, this, these are the two people that we were coming up with. I mean, you already hear, you see the, look at the polls on Biden. Many Democrats don't want him to run again. And those numbers of support for him are very low among younger voters. And I think a lot of it has to do with age. Next year at this time, I think we're going to be awash in aging politician stories.
0: Let's get back to Feinstein. She's already said she plans to leave office after this term. Are there any obvious replacements waiting in the wings? Her term ends, right, on January 2025.
1: There's a really, it's a great Senate race. And one I'm really excited about covering because we have three excellent candidates, very uh, great credentials, three major candidates right now on the Democratic side. And that's uh, Congressman Adam Schiff from uh, the Los Angeles area, Burbank. uh, Congresswoman Katie Porter from Orange County. And uh, Barbara Lee, congresswoman from uh, Oakland here. They're left of center in that race. Adam Schiff is the most conservative. They they don't differ on much. So this is a, a race that may come down to demographic appeal, personal appeal, and age is a factor. Katie Porter is forty nine. Barbara Lee seventy six. Adam Schiff is sixty three, I believe. You have Adam Schiff. Some people say like, well, he he doesn't represent. He's middle aged, uh, almost senior white guy. He doesn't represent California's uh, uh, multicultural. Demographics. Katie Porter, she hasn't been there that long. I don't know if she's it. Barbara Lee, is she too old? But wait, we we need a black woman in the Senate. We've only been what two ever, and so it's 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 a fascinating race so far, uh, and and we're going to see that develop. And it's going to be a very 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 expensive race because of our media markets here in, in California.
0: Still, that's nearly two years away. Yes, will this question of whether she's still suitable to hold office continue to plague her? And if so, what will that mean for her ability to do her work? It will.
1: It largely will. Uh, if and when she comes back to office, it will continue to plague her. For years, uh, the last couple of years, Mary, as you know, the, these these questions of kind of dog Feinstein about mental acuity and stuff. And, the, and her defenders would always say, "Well, at least she's a reliable, democratic vote." Well, now she's not. She's not a vote. She's not voting. And uh, as long as she's not voting, it's going to be an issue. Everyone ages differently. It's not like, that's the one thing about an uh, an age ban. It's like, well, there could be, Nancy Pelosi could, could run circles around, you know, most people I know. But how many Nancy Pelosi's are there?
0: And if anything, and anyone uh, gets in Feinstein's ear about resigning, do you think it will be with the argument that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she had this incredible legacy, but So many people, the thing they talk about is, why didn't she leave sooner? That it would be about, you have this legacy. Do you want this to be the conversation that people have about you?
1: You know, I had Feinstein on my podcast to 2017, I believe. And she's been through so much. She's been through, you know, the assassination. She was married three times. Two of her husbands have died. She was in a recall attempt. Uh, there was a bomb placed uh, outside her home when her young daughter was inside. So many things over the years have affected her. She said, what I've learned through all this, this is what I'm meant to do. She said, it's not some kind of messianic complex, but she, she said, I've tried to serve people. So that is what dry, has driven her through all these years. You know, if that's what someone believes, that's if that's one of their core beliefs and they've been through all these different trials in their life, it's hard to shake someone from that. I don't know what can get through at this point uh, other than family and close friends. And part of me believes that she'll be there until her term is up.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Joe Garofoli, for coming on What Next?
1: Well, thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: Joe Garofoli is the San Francisco Chronicle senior political writer covering national and state politics. He's also the host of the podcast, It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. That's the show. If you're a fan of What Next, the best way to support our work is to join Slate+. Plus. Go to slate.com dot com slash what next plus to sign up. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Anna Phillips, Paige Osborne, and Madeline Ducharme. We're getting help from Laura Spencer. We're led by Alicia Montgomery with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary C. Curtis, columnist at Roll Call and host of its Equal Time podcast, filling in for Mary Harris find me on Twitter. I'm at mcurtisnc3. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.